Yo, thank you for joining us. It's Midlife Surfer. My name is Jeff. I am a midlife surfer, a Val, a vulnerable adult learner. This is episode five, and this is just uh, this little intro serves as a disclaimer. You're about to hear about a half hour of me rambling to myself in a car. Uh, you're also going to hear my headphones banging against my shirt uh, over and over again, a couple loud pops and clicks. And, um, you know, perhaps once I get this uh, audio file in Adam Montiel's hands, he's going to work his magic and the quality will be a little bit better, but I'm learning as I go. This is just shit quality is all I can say uh, sound wise. So bear with me. I don't know why you'd listen to this whole thing, but God bless you if you do. And thanks again for listening to Midlife Surfer. Let's get on with the show. Fastest growing podcast in North America worldwide. Actually, take take two. Fastest growing surf podcast in North America worldwide. It is Vivid Life Surfer. Vivid Life Surfer. Surfer. How are you? How are you? Thank you for joining me once more. I'm driving right now during the shelter in place. Actually had a customer want to see me today, which is amazing. And I shot down to a town called Salinas. I work in an industry that more or less is an essential service, thank God. Although it's, um, it has slowed down a bit, uh, but nevertheless, construction is an essential service. And um, I'm happy to provide that service to customers who are performing that service. How you doing? Are you sheltered in place? Are you staying healthy? Are you working out? What time of morning are you working at, waking up? And when you wake up, what do you do in the morning? It sounds like such a humble brag, and I don't mean it this way, but I've been using the Headspace app location. I've been meditating a good 10 minutes every morning. And for some reason, like my body clock, it's just about 4.45, I just, I'm up, and I'm ready to roll. Um, there's something about not having a deadline, as in get my kid to school by you know 8 a.m. or customer needs to see me by 8.45. I don't know what it is, but no deadline makes it easier for me to get going earlier in the day. Does that make sense? I don't don't know what it is. I'm not trying to be anywhere on time, but because of that, I'm early for everything. (laughs) I've been doing a lot of yoga. There's also an app I use called Yoga Studio. And Yoga Studio is... um, Oh, shoot, I've had that for about three and a half years now. And it's just simple little 10, 15-minute stretching routines, which I think is pretty important for surfing. Although, you know, I'll be damned if I could show you how my surfing has improved over time thanks to my increased flexibility. Nevertheless, it's, uh, it's good to take a moment and just stretch. And this app has done that for me. So I get yoga action. I'm still on the beginner level, just like I am with my surfing. <laughs> And uh, I, I call it old lady stretching, um, but that's sexist. It's old person stretching. But then again, you know, it'd be tough for some of these people to get into a um, reclined goddess, I think. Google reclined goddess and get at me. So did you know Midlife Surfer has 230 downloads worldwide? That's more than I expected for four episodes. 230 is not a big number. You might be listening to this and think, big deal. And you're right, big freaking deal. It's not that big a deal, but that's pretty cool. And here's what trips me out the most. I see listeners in Australia, South Africa. These are all surfing countries and continents. UK, Japan, 
Germany. I don't know how much surfing is happening in Germany. I think they have a weird wave, a river or something that you could surf. Norway, of course, I've mentioned. Taiwan. Spain. And Nigeria. A lot of surfing countries in there. If you are the... And by the way, there's only like one listener per those countries. I get a, a readout report from my podcast hosting site. And I refresh that thing all the time. Because I'm, I'm sorry, but it's addictive. You know, for many, many years, I've kind of... Um, scoffed at Instagram, how narcissistic, how self-indulgent it seems. I remember having an account for a couple years and I'll put up pictures of my kids and then I get likes and, uh, you know, that little uh, serotonin hit you get from a like, oh, they like my picture. It's a nice feeling for a minute, but I found myself liking it a little too much, which I don't know, doesn't seem like a healthy notion. And with all that said, since I've started recording these, I get that serotonin hit every time I press the refresh button <laughs> to see my measly 230 streams or downloads, they call it. So look at me now. I'm thinking people are self-obsessed, but here I am talking about myself into my iPhone and refreshing uh, figures that represent how many people listen to me talk about myself. So that's, uh, that's pretty, pretty hypocritical, actually, come to think of it. But nevertheless, that's where I am. This is going to be an honest podcast. I'm going to share my honest thoughts, my honest uh, appraisals of my surfing. Still not even close to where I'd like to be. I have buried the headline, by the way. Surfing is illegal in Santa Cruz starting today, Thursday, uh, whatever the hell the date is. Thursday the 8th. Thursday the 9th, rather. It's illegal in Santa Cruz until, I guess, the 15th. I think the idea is less about keeping us out of the water and more about keeping people visiting uh, out-of-towners from crowding our beaches. But I wish they could just make the beaches illegal and make surfing okay because, you know, as I've described before, there's you walking your dog around your neighborhood is more dangerous. You're putting me at more risk than I am when I'm uh, out at four mile just floating among the sea lions and the sharks. And I have seen a shark before, not at four mile. I have a story about witnessing a shark swim before us at a beach called Manresa, but I'll save that for another time. Been browsing boards a lot. Weak, weak market on Craigslist right now. Do you look at Craigslist a lot for surfboards? It's just one of those kind of ticks you have, those addictions where you click your most recently visited pages. Every time I do that, it pops up and it reads Craigslist and then Werner for whatever reason is in the search. So I always keep an eye on what Werner boards are out there. David Werner shapes out of Watsonville, Santa Cruz, probably most famous for his Mini Simmons shape. And I think I, I owned a 510 uh, Werner Mini Simmons. And it was my first really voila moment, revelation about getting up on a short board and going fast and how that feels. And while, you know, if I were to take my egg out or my super big fish, I likely would have a higher wave count um, there's some about getting up on that 510 Werner, 40 liters, and that thing just zips down the line. And I had one memorable wave. Don't we all have a memorable wave? Just a couple that you sock away in your psyche forever. You'll take to the grave. Where I wasn't blowing tail or doing any huge roundhouse cutbacks or nothing like that. I was at the hook. I was on a big day. I went to the first peak, and I actually kind of waited on the inside. Again, I tell you surfers, go on the inside a little bit. Sometimes you're going to get some gems that the other guys are going to pass over as they're waiting on the outside for the big one. 
And uh, anyway, this baby was on the inside and it just hummed and I took it past middle peak. I hit all the sections. It's hard to hit all the sections at the hook, at least for me. And uh, I remember roller coasting up and down that wave. And it's not the best when you, when you get up high in the pocket and the wave starts to close out and you drop down with it and then you make the section and you have new life, new birth, new speed heading into the new section. Ah, man, surfing's the best. But I guess I, um, if I do do it, it'll be, um, it'll be illegal because the regime won't let me, man. And quite honestly, I have been thinking about if I'm being irresponsible. But then I just use common sense and just, if, if you saw where I drive, where I go, plus I wear an N95 mask out in the lineup. Just kidding. But I guess I'm not going to be surfing at least for another week or so. I texted that news to my buddy Craig who replied that's the best type of surfing illegal surfing which I see his point and that's kind of cool too um, yeah so Craigslist I've been browsing nothing I haven't seen much many interesting boards there right now there was a 6.0 mini Simmons from Werner that looked interesting um, there's a Gary Hanel egg but it's too small for me. It's like 20 inches wide and I don't know, 6.0, six, 20 inches wide and something like 2 and 5 eighths thick or something like that. I could do a lot better. I need more, more foam. Surfing's funny how you would browse boards and boards and boards and, you know, the, the boards, <clears throat> they don't make you a better surfer. I mean, you could argue they do if you put the right board under somebody. You know, for instance, if you're an advanced intermediate, you know, and you want to do some nice big top turns and throw water, then yeah, a really knifey, nice potato chippy, high performance board is going to do the trick for you. And that will improve your surfing. But when you're me, I don't know what I am. I've been surfing for seven years. I guess I'm not, I'm obviously not a beginner. Maybe like, I'll classify myself as a low level, low level intermediate. (laughs) There's a website, one of those uh, volume calculators, and you get to choose your ability levels. And I chose uh, it had competent as a as an option, which I thought was pretty fair for my ability. Last time I went out was uh, shoot Sunday morning uh, with a fellow named Jason, who I referenced a handful of time. We went up north to Waddell. Uh, forgettable, forgettable uh, session. I brought my six two weirdo ripper out again. The uh, shortboard revolution continues. And I actually caught, I caught two waves, caught a left right off the bat, but it, you know, I didn't hum down the line, but I did pop up and take it all the way until there's nothing left. Um, took a quick right, took a nice drop, went straight, went fast, closed out on me. And then lastly, uh, just did a complete nose dive. Something about, I don't think if you, you got to pop up right at the right time, you know, when you're shortboarding, that thing's going to crest up and crash on you and you have that moment where it picks up your tail you got to get that front foot under you and whoosh down the face of the wave and get going and I think I held on I waited a little too long to pop up I believe I don't know but the bottom just dropped out from under have you ever caught a wave and the ground literally or the water that is disappears beneath your feet (laughs) it just crashes and you just airdrop straight down into oblivion I'm asking for a friend that's never happened to me just kidding so you browse hell of a lot of boards. It's like golf. You know, you're always looking at the next club that's going to help your game. Um, plenty of analogies, you know, guitars. I finally had that USA made Fender Strat. I'm going to rip like Jimi Hendrix or something. But truthfully, it's all about the fundamentals. 
I have my long board, my 910. I rarely take it out. And I have a short board, I guess you can call it. My Weirdo Ripper, my 6.2 Channel Islands. And I have my stretch. It's 6.8. While I, I imagine, you know, if you're a core surfer, you're going to roll that out as a short board. Or a short board. But at my level, that's, that's short for me. But should I just be on my 7.10 egg all the time? It's two, 21 and a half. It's two and three quarters thick. Because it seems like a good balance of performance. It's got a hard edge in the back and the tail. It's almost shaped like a speed egg. At least by my evaluation. And you can't, it's probably low 50s in terms of volume, probably 52, 53. Can I duck dive it? Uh, I guess. If it was big out there, I wouldn't be duck diving under any wa- uh, white water. I'd be just getting it handed to me. I mentioned the shaper, Michelle, as you know, a handful of times. I actually talked to him recently. Um, just kind of caught up with him to see how his shop's been and how busy he's been and the like. And I had this conversation with him and he says he just makes sure no one's behind him. If he said, you know, Michelle, as you know, is a lifelong kick-ass surfer, longboarder primarily. Um, and he says if it's, for, for one, I rarely get caught inside anymore is what he tells me because, you know, the guy knows where the channel is. He knows how to time it. And and I, uh, I'd like to think I uh, can figure that stuff out too, but I still will get caught inside, mainly if I paddle for a wave. The ground beneath my feet disappears. I nosedive. I eat shit. I pop up. Oh, here comes two or three more behind it. Pushes me back 200 yards, damn near to the beach. I'm paddling right back out to the lineup with about 15% less battery life than I had before I ate shit in the first place. But when it comes to getting caught inside or having to duck dive a bigger board, Michelle says, you know, if I have my egg... I just ditch it. I make sure no one's behind me and I will um, try to make the board perpendicular or rather parallel to the wave crashing, not perpendicular. So, you know, because the wave will buckle your board. Uh, but he says, just ditch it, duck your head under and hang on, pop up, start paddling again. It won't push you back too far. So that's always my concern. That's why I like shorter boards. They're easier to manage in a lineup, especially with a beach break. But should I just be on my egg, staying low, practicing and focusing on that back foot, leaning back to carve a nice turn, to do a a nice cut back, you know, to stay in the pocket, just to get that feeling of surfing. I wonder about that, as opposed to, I don't know what, how many boards I have, five or six in my garage. Today I'm going to take out the long board. I'm going to try to cross step and be shitty at it. Or I'm going to take out my 6-2 quote unquote short board and I'm going to catch Two and a half waves, but at least I'm on a shortboard. I feel like I should just stick with one and get good at that. But if you're listening, I'm guessing you surf. Do you have trouble sticking with one board? Not by virtue of, you know, I want to nose ride today and then tomorrow I want to get barreled. But just, I don't know. It's, it takes some discipline to stay simple, to keep it simple. Simplicity is a beautiful thing, I think. I've yet to achieve it with surfing, especially with boards. Because you get that, we talked about, you know, serotonin hits of Instagram. You get that same serotonin flying off, you know, spouting off in your brain and your soul when you're buying a new board or even when you're browsing Craigslist for new boards. It just feels good to get something new and to take it out into the water. But is it better to focus on one board and the actual surfing rather than the transaction and that is 
browsing boards, buying a new board, selling this old board, trading boards, trying your friends' boards. It seems to be there's a phenomenon now in sports, and I'm a sports fan, and maybe it's because our, our, our attention spans are dwindling as tech takes over our brains. But I'm more intrigued oftentimes by, <laughs> until the playoffs start, oftentimes by transactions versus the actual gameplay. The NBA trade deadline is a great example to me. I'm willing, I'm willing to bet more people are more passionate, tweet more, read more, talk more about potential trades, you know, about... You know, whether uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo is going to get traded next year at the deadline or is Milwaukee going to make a run at re-signing him or are they going to try to flip him or where is he going to go to next? I mean, we're already talking about where Giannis is going to play next. He's with the Milwaukee Bucks. How, how much of us are just sitting down just enjoying him playing? And maybe you are, but you're better than me then because I tell you, I enjoy, my net enjoyment is more about the transaction. It's about the Giants picking up a player or releasing a player or trading for a player. More so than just sitting down and listening or watching another game. By the way, baseball, I can't watch a game. It's, it's I, NBA too, I can't really watch a game. I can't watch many games start to finish anymore. I do a lot of listening though and there's nothing better than listening to Giants baseball specifically with the Coors Light pulling weeds in your backyard on a Saturday. And I recommend it. And Lord, please, I hope those days are upon us again soon. Because this coronavirus, man, can eat it. Uh, Yeah, you can't surf anymore. So, what the hell are we supposed to do? I grabbed my skateboard yesterday. We have a nice slope in front of our, our front yard. Nice paved streets. And I skated down the street. I ollied a couple uh, speed bumps. I can ollie. Am I a midlife skater? No. I am a midlife surfer, but I do love... I have passion for skateboarding, which was uh, rekindled once I had my uh, first son. And he wanted to start scooting around the park. And then I noticed, wow, there's a skate park there. And boy, when I was a kid, there were never any skate parks. But uh, now they're everywhere. And watching good surfing in person, like when you're in the water... And especially if you're paddling out to the lineup, say you're on the shoulder and some guy's coming down the line at you and he's either has a perfect trim and on the, with his toes on the edge. Or so I had a call coming on my phone and I just declined it. <laughs> I wonder how this recording is going to sound. Anyway, if you got a guy nose riding down the line, trimming hard, or a guy just you know making radical turns coming right at you there's nothing like it in person it's like going to an nba game or or a g league game you're sitting courtside and just it really puts in perspective the athleticism and the performance and how cool that can be same goes for skateboarding when you see a good skateboarder in front of you there's just uh something inspiring about that at least and so i took the board out yesterday last night around seven the sun was setting it was a beautiful night and my kids have been looking at iPads all day for the last three weeks, it feels like. So anyway, I got them outside. Um, and uh, Joe and I started ripping down the street together. Um, actually, he didn't want to ride on my board. He wanted to race me, and he was barefoot. So he would race me as I bombed down a hill. And, uh, and then he would race me back up the hill. And, you know, I could beat him Go well... I hardly beat him going down too. He's a fast kid, I guess, or I'm a slow skater. <laughs> I kind of slalom the, I slalom the uh, the road because I don't like getting those speed wobbles and going straight off eight off and you know full speed. I gotta kind of, 
you know, parse it. Take a long carve to the left and a long carve to the right. That's how you uh, mitigate speed, by the way, for any surfers who are looking to skateboard during these down times. All right, I just had a missed call. I'm going to return that call, and I'm going to be back at you in a sec. Stand by. Am I back? I'm back. Not even sure what I was talking about there, so let's just move on to another subject. If you want to watch some good surf movies right now, check out Mason Ho. Mason Ho, um, I think he's out of uh, Sunset Beach and uh, in the North Shore. There are about in Hawaii, but he makes shortboarding look so fun. And he's so balls out. And he has a great attitude. And it really does show through in his surfing. Check out Mason Ho. Just YouTube him. I believe they're Lost sponsored uh, videos. Because he's always promoting uh, the latest Matt Biala shape. And boy, Lost makes some cool looking boards. I'm just a fan of that dude. I, I want to stay local and buy boards from Santa Cruz. But you know what? Lost is down in San Clemente. Matt, Matt Biolos. Biolos? Biolos? And um, he's just, I love his opinions. And uh, I don't I, I mean, I love that he has an opinion about everything. And I love his shapes. It's a kick-ass company. Anyway, Mason Ho, even my wife likes watching this. It's cool. I got, I got my wife watching uh, some surf movies with me because I get bored of commercials and all that bullshit. Sometimes it's just nice to put YouTube on, on your television. And the soundtracks are usually instrumentals. They're like Stevie Ray Vaughnish or... Or Jimi Hendrix-ish, you know, like Little Wing or, you know, Voodoo Child. But they're mostly kind of generic instrumentals. And um, they're, they're, just, they're just nice, nice-looking movies for high-performance surfing because he does cool stuff. Like, for instance, well, this is in Hawaii, but, you know, the Wedge and, and Newport Beach. He just is just getting barreled after barrel, these quick little tiny barrels. And he's just literally in ankle-high water. This really heavy wedge just slamming on him. I don't think it's the wedge that he's surfing, but it's similar. And it's a wave I would just never look at. Super critical. Got to get to your feet quick. Get low. Know how to work a tube. Get right in the pocket. And, uh, and he does that. And he does it with a smile. Another video is um, a wave that runs, I don't know, uh, 80 yards you know, from the right to left uh, of your uh, of your headphones, and um, and r- slams right into a cliff. So he just popping. People are watching it on a beach, and he's just popping up and just going quick down the line. Of course, getting tubed, doing a turn, and then puts his hands out, and the wave just crashes against the cliff side, and he has to bail. These big rocks, and he holds onto the rocks, and and then another one where I don't know what. You know, you ever serve at a beach break and there's just a handful of rocks and you're like, God, there's a nice wave right there, but shit, there's some rocks there and I don't I want to seem smart. Well, that doesn't stop Mason Ho. He in fact will ride over the rocks. He'll time it with the with the with the wave or the swell so it carries him over the rocks or he'll just jump straight over them or onto the rock off the board. Just some really fun um surf edits Mason Ho check it out and then of course you know for a minute and then at the end which is really fun too he has a lot of guest appearances uh, eventually I'm going to get a nice uh, professional setup and interview some shapers I promise you this I look forward to it as well I got an email from Japan I did a dude named Sammy in Chiba in the Kanto area and I've since uh, looked that up and in fact it's a surfing community there 
and it's really it's my first e- thank you Sammy by the way that's pretty cool my first email for this podcast asking a question and Sammy kindly asks what's your first board and what do you recommend for those starting that is so a not hardcore surf question that's such a Val question and I appreciate that because I am none other than a vulnerable adult learner and uh you can email me at jeff at midlifesurfer.com if you have any questions or comments, and I will read them. You could email me a really negative comment, and I'll read it. Um, so email away. Anyway, uh, first board. Yeah, you know, for my first, technically my first surfboard was a Bing uh, Pintail Lightweight, and it was like 9.3, and it was a really sweet board, and I sure wish I had it now. I actually got it from Hotline Wetsuits for 400 bucks. Had no idea the deal that was. Had no idea what I was doing. I wanted to get a board, and I wanted to start surfing. And so I bought that board. But Lord, I wish I had that now. It's it's kind of an eggy shape. I think it's based off a uh, Dick Brewer's Pipeliner board, and it's for big waves. It's a good longboard for on big days. And maybe down the road I'll own that thing again. And I sure wish I still had it. That was the first board I had. But you know, I took it out a million. No, not a million. I took it out five times, and I just sucked. Because I should be just focusing on paddling, catching the wave, feeling what that's, you know, having that feeling, what, what that feels like, what it feels like when the tail picks you up from behind, pushes you forward. And that lightweight wasn't, wasn't doing it because it wasn't the right board for me. I wasn't ready to ride it. Um, so I kind of dicked around and eventually I, uh, I realized I, someone gave me good advice. Get a big, long foam board, the same kind of board they use at the surf schools. Surf Tech had a board, has a board called the Black Tip. I don't know if they still offer it or not, but it's basically a surf school board. And I got a 10-footer. And here's how I got it. I called Richard Schmidt's Surf School. Richard Schmidt, if you don't know, is a hard-charging Santa Cruz surfer. He's, um, he was of the, I believe, of the, the generation of the 70s, 80s, and probably 90s too. And he charged Mavericks. And just a badass surfer. Look him up. You'll see exactly what I mean. I called and left a message at Richard Schmidt's Surf School. And it said, I'll leave a message and I'll call you back. So I left a message. Hi, this is, uh, my name's Jeff and I'm, I'm starting to surf. And I was wondering if you had any used or retired student boards uh, that I could buy. I just want one and uh, call me back. And here's my phone number. So in fact, a couple hours later, I got a call. I go, hello. Hi, is this Jeff? I go, yeah. It's Richard. Oh, Rich- the Richard Schmidt. Right on. How you doing, sir? I'm doing good. Yeah. Yeah, I got uh, I got a 10, uh, 10 foot, 10 0 board uh, foam top for you. Um, I'll give you my address. You come by, and I, I might not be out, so I'll leave the board out front. If you like it, put the money in my mailbox. And I am all in on that. I said, sounds good, Richard. Sure enough, I cruised up. There was that 10-footer on his lawn. Still didn't know what I was doing, how I was going to haul this thing back. I think I just strapped it directly to my car, my Honda. My then I drove a Honda Accord. Didn't have the block surf rack or nothing like that, but strapped it on nonetheless using some FCS surf straps purchased at Aero and uh, drove it home. I, you know, And I left him 300 bucks in his mailbox. And that, I just love that. I love that. Here's what I think in life. You trust 
as far as you are trustworthy. Does that make sense? For instance, I, I'm a trustworthy guy. I am willing to leave a piece of property out front if someone I don't know wants to buy it. And I prefer to live with a mindset that that person will leave money for me. I think if you're constantly looking to get screwed or be a victim, it's just a bad mindset to have. So I really appreciated that. And also, who's going to mess with Richard Schmidt and Santa Cruz? I mean, honestly, the guy's a legend in this town. He's a badass. No one's going to mess with him. So I left 300 bucks there. I got that board. Since then, by the way, I've had a handful of Craigslist transactions where I've left something out front for someone to pick up, and they left money in my mailbox. So it does work. It's nice to trust. If you extend trust, people extend trust back to you. Don't be stupid or anything, but... I thought that was a nice little lesson there. And that board indeed was the right one for me to learn on. I think it was like stupid, 23 and a half or 24 inches wide, probably almost four inches thick. Just exactly what you want to get that sensation of paddling, catching, and popping up on waves. So I did. And I remember my first official wave at the hook, kind of more in the sharks area, they call it. And then turning and going down the line and being like, holy shit, there's the face of the wave right there. I'm surfing! And then I remember getting really exhausted just paddling back (laughs) to the lineup. And I think I just called it a day because I got away. I surfed that board for, I don't know, two or three months. And it served me well. Sammy. So that was the first board I bought. And that would be the board that I'd recommend for a beginner. You know, I weighed by about 190 then. I was 6'2", so a 10-footer is a good one to start with. Again, if you just want to get the sensation of paddling, what that's about, the balancing on the board, you know, you don't want to be too far back on the board, you don't want to be too far forward on the board. Uh, I imagine if you're a lighter, you know, if you weigh 170 or a buck 50 or something, probably a nine footer or even an eight foot soft top. I hate to say it, but those goddamn wave storms out of Costco. Are you? Do you ever surf and then you see a wave storm in the water and the guy's just killing it, like surfing? Kind of goes back to my simplicity thought. Just surfing better than I ever surf, charging harder, taking bigger waves. But he's on an eight-foot soft top from Costco that cost a hundred bucks, and I'm on my, you know, eleven hundred dollar custom-made egg from, you know, high-end shaper Michelle Genot. <laughs> I hate that. I hate it when someone's just doing better than you on a goddamn soft top wave storm. Because they're made in China, which I'm not a fan of lately. And also, I like supporting your local shaper. Or just any shaper. It doesn't have to be local. But, so it goes. Guys on soft tops with the swagger to paddle them out there. uh, Can shred on them. And that's probably a decent board to learn on as well, too, I reckon. So, I don't know. I'm at the, what, 29-minute mark here. Something like that. I answered Sammy's question. I appreciate his question. You can email me at jeff at midlifesurfer.com. Check me out on Instagram, midlifesurfer. I wish I had more for you today. But I'm in a car. I got a long drive. And I want to do one of these once a week, at least until this shelter in place uh, is lifted. If you can't surf like me, get a skateboard. I can ollie. I can front side 180. I can land one out of ten kickflips. I'm going to work on my backside 180. That's my new COVID goal. Backside 180. And I'll keep you posted on my progress or lack thereof. But 
Until then, Adam Montiel is my producer. Leave a comment, by the way. If you leave a comment on iTunes, I will ship you a free bar of wax. How about that? Leave a comment. Give me your name or email me. And uh, I swear to God, I'll, I'll, I'll ship you a used, like a half a stick of wax. You know, something that I've actually used on my very board. So you can... Um, you could share my wax, and we could share our experiences together. And I will, uh, I will uh, spray Clorox all over that bar of wax. Don't you worry, young man or young lady. Look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Jeff. It's Midlife Surfer. We look at shop. We look at shop. We look at shop. We look at shop.